With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports League Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is not live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. Hi, yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 285, on our way to 300. Uh, this one goes out to Anderson Fajaya, who apparently made my co-host uh, a buttload of money last night at LFA. So this goes out to him. Um, well, thanks for coming to the podcast. Instead of doing recaps, we're actually going to give you picks for um the pfl today and then picks for bellator tomorrow so no regional recap maybe we'll do a brief regional recap this episode especially since my co-host did well at least with some of his picks but we're gonna ram some more winning picks into your ear holes i'm one of your hosts jeff chalks fox and this co-host i keep mentioning is the man known as gumby daniel vreeland let's bring him in now hello yeah, we, we could do a, a brief recap, but like, you know, we, we wound up making picks for uh, PFL Challenger Series this past. So with no UFC, obviously, PFL Challenger Series had four fights. We broke down LFA had five fights. We broke down Fury FC had five fights. We broke down. And uh, at the time of taping, uh, first of all, Fury FC has not yet happened. It's a Sunday event and we're taping this uh, Sunday before it happened. It's main event and co-main event have both been canceled. Oh, perfect. At <laughs> the Cowboys is, at the Cowboys ballroom. Yeah, at the Cowboys ballroom or a uh, dance hall. Cowboys dance hall. Dance hall, right. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Dimitri Ivy's opponent, uh, Andres Quintana, dropped out with an injury. And then Eric Shelton missed weight by two pounds. And his opponent, uh, Yanni Vasquez, was not willing to fight him up two pounds, which was a weird one for me. Uh, so, yeah, only three of our picks survived there. Uh, the PFL Challenger Series, only two of our picks survived there, too, because two of the fights fell apart at the last second. So, like, doing a regional recap seemed kind of silly because we barely had any fights to recap, with the exception of LFA 151, which last night we did stellar on. Uh, I thought I was going to hit the clean sweep. I did miss the main event. Jose Delano let me down a little bit. Gabriel Santos was a little bit too much for him. But all four of the picks before that all hit. We hit uh, Julia Palastri. Um, she was negative 210 when we broke her down for the strawweight title fight. She wanted to be in like almost negative 300 by fight time. So uh, good, good uh, CLV on that one, too. Uh, we got Anderson Fajeda beating Milliston Castro. He was plus 300, which is why we dedicated the episode to him. Um, and that closed at plus 300, too. I thought that line was going to move and get a little closer, and it didn't. Uh, Jonas Billarino. Uh, posted at negative uh, 115. He stayed right there, and he beat Kyle Machado with a sick body kick. 
Um, and then we had Marciano Fajeda over Mechu's Braun in the the opener. He was plus 155 when we broke that fight down. And come fight time, he was actually negative 155. So he uh, completely flipped around. People came to the light. You know, maybe we just move lines here at the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast here. Network. Um, but anyway, we got him uh, with that huge plus money number next to him. Uh, and he also won. So four in one night on LFA. Uh, if you had bet $100 on every single one of those fights, um, you know, which, again, terrible betting method. Don't do that. Um, but if you had done that, uh, you would have walked away with 489.58. Very, very nice. And it seems like uh, people in the Discord uh, were doing quite well, too. Yeah, they, um, they, uh, the they got they, better they, lines than we had, I think, too. Yeah, uh, somebody, I think it was Ryan H. in the Discord, yes. said that he got Anderson Fajeda right before the fight started at plus 500. Um, so that line might have moved like right when the fight was about to start. There was probably enough money um, that the books felt like they were on the hook for Millicent Castro. But then they were on the hooks to our Discord channel uh, with yes. Anderson Fajeda. <laughs> yep, that's what we want. We want the books the books on the hooks. Hey, that's so many T-shirts this episode, Dan. So many T-shirts. Books on the hooks and we move lines. Yeah, so many possibilities. So, um, all right. This episode, we're going to try to keep that, keep that energy going. And we're going to do... Breakdown PFL Challenger Series week two is coming up this week. Um, week one, kind of what? Half the fights fell out? Is that what you said? Well, it, it, so or not one half or, of them. I mean, like one one end of the fights fell out on two different fights. They had to right. find late replacement fighters for both of them. Uh, one of them was a really, really weird choice. Uh, and then I, I got a little clarity, too, on uh, PFL Challenger Series. They are apparently signing... Each episode, exactly one person Ooh. to be in the season. So uh, th- this one, they uh, I believe they picked Thad Jean, who be Eric Alaquin. Yeah. So Thad Jean will be in this season of PFL. Um, and so maybe at the end of this episode, I'll give you who I think will be the person uh, or the woman who will be in the featherweight season. Excellent. Since you had Thad Jean to lose his fight last week, that actually, hopefully you can know this. And <laughs> actually, of the PFL Challenger Series fights I had, I you know because they're only one of being two picks, uh, yeah. I wound up going 0 and 2. So uh, it's a good <laughs> thing my PFL or my uh, LFA picks look yes. so good. My my PFL ones last week did not. Yep. So take that with a grain of salt heading into this. But no, this week he's going to do much better because he's on the the high of of the FA picks and for sure his fury fights that actually happened this week for sure those picks are going to hit too um and before we give you some winning picks i got to tell you but win bet win bet is the official online sports book of the sports gambling podcast network win bet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of way to win including live betting and same game parlays plus the nfl playoffs are here great promos odds and payouts are happening right now at win bet ready to play sign up today to receive a special offer bet 100 get 100 limited to state availability and of course, if you hit the biggest long shot probably of the week, you get a thousand dollar free credit. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, off on to the PFL. PFL Challenger Series 2013 week two goes down this Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern on Fubo TV. Uh, four fights as per usual. 
Uh, it's going down Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. This time they are doing the women's featherweight uh, weight class, which is weird because that's not even weight class, Dan. I mean, it is a weight class. So <laughs> I, I, I hear what you're saying because, like, you're you're hating on the fact that, like, the, the UFC won't actually make this a real weight class. Yes. But, like, outside of the UFC, if, if the UFC, like, put effort into really making this weight class a, a thing, like, the, the UFC just, like, went at it. I think they could find enough women that would make it, you know, probably still the fourth best division in the UFC's uh, of the women's divisions. Like it would still be worse than featherweight and fly or uh, bantamweight and flyweight and and strawweight. But like it, it could fill like it, it could be a legitimate division, maybe as legitimate as bantamweight even if they just went after it. But like they, that's the, the whole joke is that they don't. Yep, exactly. The PFL is going after it, though. So we're. All, all four fights are going to be women's featherweight, so we got some inexperienced women on this card. We'll see how um, much Dan knows about some of these women. He he does uh, seem to know about everyone, so we shall see. Starting with Michelle Montague versus Shakita Amador Woods, also known as Queen Onyx Pyre. <laughs> I yeah, I saw that nickname. I was I was trying to figure out if I could I could find out where it came from or what. Yeah. No no real word because she's. Oh, and oh, and according yes. to Tapology, has never fought amateur either, which uh, I'll fill you in on later is not actually true. Yeah, <laughs> I think I saw that she had one brief amateur fight, right? 17 seconds. It was, or something it was very brief. Yeah, yeah. I, got a, I got a chance to see it, actually, because I was wow. I was thinking for anything I could find out about this woman because I never heard of her before trying to figure out how she got a Challenger Series fight at oh, and oh, with no amateur fights. And then obviously I found the one very brief amateur yeah. fight. So and I, she I, fights we'll out of fights out of the body shop right which is the mckees mckees yeah aj and and antonio yeah antonio mckees spot so uh i'm sure that gives her a little bit of a rub uh other than her nickname and her ono record i can tell you she's two inches taller than montague that's it i can also tell you montague is the wild one so we have a couple of good nicknames going up against each other she montague two and oh with two submissions one and oh in pfl used to fight at women's lightweight which really isn't a weight class um that's all I got. We don't have lines yet, right? No, there's no lines yet, but I, I can give you roughly what yeah. I think here. So uh, I think Montague is going to be a, a sizable favorite here. You're probably going to see her upwards of negative 300 when it posts, and I bet you it inflates. Uh, so if you're, you're looking to, like, squeeze her into a parlay or something, do it as soon as the line drops because uh, I, I think more and more people will be like, the books didn't even line it as big as it should be, and she's just going to be, like, a popular – fighter to just like throw in every single bet as a parlay because she's a lot better than Shakita Amador Woods here. She, she, if you've seen any of her fights, she's pretty good on the feet in terms of like keeping herself safe. So she like, she got really good head movement. She bounces in and out really well. She does good with her jab and not getting hit. Um, she, she's not always super accurate with her striking because I think she's working on being so defensive and making sure she doesn't get hit that sometimes it like affects her offense. But mostly the reason she's so elusive on the feet like that is because she wants to grapple. She's a beast on the mat. She's absolutely like a jujitsu ace. She fought Liv Parker, who uh, is a name that that's like you know, a 145 pounder name or 135 pounder name on the regional scene. Who's like been, you know, people have said she's like ready for the next level. And Montague went in there and first of all, she slammed her like from a, almost like a German suplex position. 
She like slammed her and then jumped right on her back and submitted her in pretty much no time after staying safe on the feet, which is good because Parker's got some big hands too. So Montague like has a smart enough game plan to keep it on her or to, to stay away from the big stuff on the feet and is good at getting the fight to the ground. And as far as Woods goes, you know, like you said, we don't know a terrible lot about her because she's got no pro fight. She's only got one amateur fight and it was seconds long. She trains under the the McKees, AJ and Antonio. In that one Amy fight, which I saw, she rushed in very sloppily with her hands and just kind of like threw whatever she could. And she got hit on like some return shots and stuff like that. She looked like if somebody shot a takedown on her, they'd probably just plow right through her because her feet were like set in stone where they were. Um, And she was sitting down on what she was throwing, but she did sit down on what she was throwing and it landed big. So I think the reason PFL liked her and signed her is because like, if you see that one fight from her, she's got incredible power. And you're like, man, if she's just like, if she winds up being like one of those one touch knockout champions here this could be a big hit but at the same time because Montague is just like so elusive on the feet and she's so good at staying away from that stuff I don't see her getting drawn into it and if she gets really you know she gets pressured early on from Woods I think she just body locks her winds up with the takedown or winds up with the slam and and this gets a submission in the first round Uh, but please if you are going to squeeze her in a parlay please get consent uh, beforehand correct Dan Hey, can't be, can't be these ladies in the parlays without asking first. So make sure Montagu, the wild one, uh, is down for it. But all right, so we're gonna get her hopefully around minus, well, hopefully minus three hundred. Hopefully better than that. But you think it's gonna open around there? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I, I think. You know, I, I don't think it will get any better than that. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right, especially now that people hear that Gumby is in on it. So uh, whenever your book has the line, jump on it. Uh, hopefully it's win bet. All right, moving on. Carolina Solbeck versus Senna Vander Veerdonk. And once again, feather, uh, featherweight as per usual. Vander Veerdonk, 3-1 with three submissions. Never been finished in her one loss. This is her PFL debut. She did win her last fight, and she's a year younger than Sobek. Sobek, 4-0 with three submissions. This is also her PFL debut. She used to fight... Uh, have her used, used to fight at Bantamweight, I believe it would have been, instead of uh, have her listed as used to fight at Featherweight. This is at Featherweight. So I believe she fought down at Bantamweight. She also fought bare knuckle, knuckle boxing. She's three inches taller than Van Der Veerdonk. That's all I got. Yeah, so for me, I, when I was looking at this fight and I, I was trying to line it, you know, like the, they're, get this, the most experienced fighters on this card. Yeah. Um. I think Sobic is going to be a, a pretty decent sized favorite, maybe not as big as Montague. So probably in the like negative 235, 240 range, something around there. Um, and the reason why is because, first of all, she's got really nice combinations on the feet. If you look at the way she strikes, she's not one of those. I throw one punch and I get the hell out of there. She She puts it together pretty nice. I do worry about her if she were to fight somebody like, you know, we talked about Shakita Amator Woods before. I would worry about her a little bit if she was fighting somebody like that because her chin does come up the longer her exchanges go. So if she does fight somebody who's got like big hands, like that could be a problem for Sobek in the future. Um, But she's got like some really good, I think she has a judo background. It says wrestling on tapology, but man, when you look at her takedown style, it's all like head and arm throws and stuff like that. It's like, I feel like she's probably done some judo or has found a way to integrate her wrestling into judo throws. Because the head and arm throws are clearly a big part of her game. She also is really good to take the back. She's really good at submissions. 
Um, so like, you know, nice combinations, maybe a little dangerous, uh, defensively on the feet and pretty good offensively on the mat too. And then we have Verdunk who she, she has some decent takedowns, but her only loss in her career, which I, I went back and watched came when she just could not take her opponent down. And when she couldn't take her opponent down, she wound up just pressing her against the cage and trying time after time, after time, after time. And got so freaking tired. And as a result, got outboxed worse than she already was. Because she was already getting, like, worked on the feet. So then she kept desperately trying for these takedowns. Got super tired. Got worked on the feet even worse. Um, and then started getting, like, tripped a few times. And she's, I think she pulled half guard at the bottom of the, or at the end of the fight. Like, she tried to pull guard, but she was, like, even too tired to actually get a guard. So, like, knowing that Sobic has like clearly like some sort of judo or wrestling background. I think she's just going to stuff Vander Veerdonk like as many times as she wants to. And already like the other fighter who beat Vander Veerdonk, I-, I think she's just going to be able to outwork her on the feet before she's tired. And then after she's tired, it will be even worse. So I expect Sobic to win this one. Uh, and I expect her to keep it on the feet for most of it too. All right. So Sobek and what's the number again you said? I, I say like negative 235. 235, so back. All right. No juicy dogs yet. Let's move on and see if we can find one. Uh, we're up to the co-main event already. Jeslyn Michelle versus Evelyn Martins. I will tell you about Martins first. Spartan is the nickname. She's 2-0. Her PFL debut is now. She has not fought since February of 2021, so she's now the cage for two years. She's 13 years younger than Michelle. Um, used to fight down at Bantamweight. Michelle, the wrecking ball. 2-0 with one knockout. Both those fights were in PFL, however. She's two inches taller than Martins, and she used to fight up at lightweight. That's all I got. Yeah, so I I think Michelle is going to come in as a favorite here. I'm going to say, like, probably negative 200 to, like, plus 170 for Martins. Um, And and the reason mostly being is that, like, Michelle is, like, somebody who's a little bit more well-known. You know, the records are are pretty much the same. But like, like you said... Uh, Michelle has already fought in PFL Challenger Series twice. She's got like an extended amateur background that includes fighting for organizations like King of the Cage and stuff like that. She has a stoppage win for PFL Challenger Series. So like she 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 is known. People have seen her before. Whereas Evelyn Martins, people have just not seen her. She's on the Brazilian regionals. Oh, I guess she fought for Titan, right? She fought for Titan. So um, but anyway, I, I think the fact that she's on a layoff, she hasn't fought in a while, and the fact that she's you know, a, a little bit lesser known. I think Martins is going to come in here as the dog, and I love her as an underdog spot here. I, I think, like I said, like plus 170 for her. The reason I like her is because when you watch Michelle fight, it's very clear she likes to turn this into a jiu-jitsu fight. She's got a lot of leg kicks on the feet, but apart from that, she's exceptionally slow when she's striking. Martins is much faster, and... Martins has also got the wrestling to be the person on top in the jujitsu. You look at Michelle, like she was so desperate for the fight to be on the ground when her opponents take her down. She just like lets it happen. No resistance whatsoever. So if Martins isn't liking what's happening on the feet, and, and to be honest, I think she will. If she isn't liking what's happening on the feet, I really do think she should just be able to you know, take it to the ground and stay safe because she's good enough with her jujitsu defense too. So I like the much younger Martins here. I'm hoping, like I said, plus 170 underdog here. Um, but like, it wouldn't surprise me if it opened a little closer too. 
plus 170 is a pretty nice number though so hopefully it is even bigger than that though come come uh betting time so there's our first dog of the day perhaps our only dog we shall see we go to the main event now amanda leave or is it levy levy i think levy or levy levy yeah levy amanda levy versus uh uh-oh naran jargal (laughs) naran jargal Sundeosh. Okay, there you go. Sundeosh is 2-0. One knockout, one submission. So she finished both of her wins. Uh, this is her PFL debut. Used to fight down at Bantamweight. She's an inch taller than Levy. Levy 1-0 with one submission. 1-0 in PFL. So the only fight was in PFL. She used to fight at lightweight, and she's got extensive grappling experience on her resume. And she's also five years younger than Sundeosh. <laughs> mush mush yush that's Sen- all i got sendeyush sendeyush yes yeah Go ahead. so um so you guys might remember sendeyush was one of the ones who i threw in the discord not that long ago um for she was on an lfa card lfa 144 uh she was fighting cheyenne bowers who is somebody who's got like a laundry list of amateur fights and i was like go get in on Sandea, she was betting off, I think it was plus 300 she was against Bowers. Um, and, and then, or at least when I saw it, and then Bow- she she absolutely demolished Bowers in the fight. So um, I actually went into breaking down this fight thinking I was going to be all over Sandea. Um, For people who don't remember what I said about her, she is an Olympic judoka. Um, she was in the, I want to say, 2012. 18 olympics for judo um in like her her judo looks really good um she's she's exceptional when she's on the ground as well um as we saw in that bowers fight she was able to take her down and in instantly hit an arm bar um we've seen her in the past with some pretty good hands on the feet um and with levy you know like I, i kind of was thinking she was going to be like Hulk Barbosa was this last week, who really let me down because he, you know, has an extensive jujitsu background similar to Levy, although much more uh, um, polished and much more, you know, prestigious than Levy, but like that same kind of like jujitsu first uh, background. But then I went back and I watched Amanda Levy in her last fight. And the, the interesting thing for me is that in this fight, you know, Sindeish, who I know who has really good power in her hands, she and is really dominant on the ground. I actually saw a, an older fight of hers where she got taken down pretty early in the fight. So while she's good offensively in her jiu-jitsu, we saw with Bowers, I actually saw in the fight before that, which she had in Mongol FC, which was uh, an organization I had previously never seen a fight of, Mongol FC. She got taken down early in that fight, had to like work back to her feet, looked like she was struggling defensively before she landed like a big right hand that ended the fight and and wound up winning. But I think the interesting thing about this one is Levy is actually much more technical on the feet than I would have expected or that I remembered from watching her previously. She got like really strong low kicks. She faints a ton um, to try to like deter those big hands and to keep the right distance. Um, She's pretty durable. She got hit with some pretty hard shots in her last fight and just kind of like survived. And really, I I think at the end of the day here, the difference maker is I think her offensive grappling is good enough to get Sendeish down. And I think her the like submission game and and the submission threat from Levy is so much better than Sendeish. So while I went into this thinking I was going to like Sendeish, 
I actually really like Levy in this spot. I, I think she's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I, I was just looking at, uh, you know, like some of the breakdowns that I know other people were, were looking into this fight. I think it's probably going to be a pick Um, Sendeish coming off of LFA and having a big finish over, you know, like kind of a semi notable name as far as like, you know, one to know fighters in LFA go. Um, and Levy having like the jujitsu background, but like maybe not as high of profile MMA wins. I, I think this one's probably going to be like a pick but I like Amanda Levy in this spot. All right, there we go. Levy, hopefully it's a pick Hopefully, actually, hopefully it's a dog, but uh, we'll we'll take it around pick range. He's got Martens, hopefully as a big dog. Sobek as a favorite and Montague as a favorite, correct? Yes, that's, uh, right. that's what I'm thinking. Awesome. Make sure you get in the Discord and you can chat all these fights with us. It was quite jumping this weekend, even though there's no UFC. There was a lot of people talking uh, fights with you, Gumby. Yeah, LFA was uh, was a hit this weekend, not just in wins, but also just like, you know, people coming to hang out and, and talking about Bell- or, uh, LFA, which is, I don't know about you. It seems like it has become the unofficial organization of of our our discord am i wrong about that it like, could be because you guys seem to find uh nice lines constantly and you take advantage of it yeah and on the uh on the year hang on i got i got those numbers sitting right oh, here yeah, yeah I, I keep i'm keeping numbers now which is a thing. good i'm uh yeah so four and one four and one and three and two yeah i'm 11 and four this year on lfa picks right. and so, a lot of big dogs though too right yeah a plus 300 in there Let's see. I also had a plus 180, a plus 155, a pair of negative 110s. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a good year for LFA. (laughs) Fantastic. But there's no LFA this week, right? No LFA this week. I think they're back. They're they're back in not a long time, though. While you're you're closing up shop here, I'll, I'll look up when the next LFA is. Yep, so um, that is it for PFL, but we're going to be back tomorrow. Gumby begged and pleaded uh, to do a Bellator show this week, so we're going to do a Bellator <laughs> show tomorrow. Um, so make sure you get into that. They, they, people tend to like our Bellator uh, episodes. So, it's um, it's uh, LFA, LFA 152 will be on Friday, uh, February 10th, so we got a couple weeks. All right, excellent. Uh, until then, get in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Get in the Twitter SGPN MMA Gumby runs that account for us. I am at Jeff Fox writer. He's a Gumby Vreeland. Read all our good stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Read all my MMA stuff and enter my UFC pick'em contest at moneymma.substack.com. And listen to Gumby's other podcast, the Top Turtle MMA Podcast, which runs every week. He has interviews with fighters and he does some picks and that type of thing. You know, typical Gumby stuff. So, um, as I said, we will, we'll be back tomorrow very, very shortly, uh, to let you know about a big Bellator event going down this week. Until we return, I will remain Queen Onyx Pyre, Jeff Fox. He will remain the the wild one, Gumby Vreeland, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.